In today's show, it's part two of the Boston Celtics season preview. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. This is part two of the Boston Celtics preview. We did a show earlier today with John Corrales from Locked On Celtics from a local perspective, his thoughts on rotations and lineups. And now we're going to go heavy into the fantasy side of things because I didn't want to bore him with too much fantasy talk. And we're going to bring what he said in that show into this show and go through their roster and uh, and see where things add up for this Boston Celtics team. But we'll start by looking at their schedule for the upcoming season. I think that's uh, I think that's pretty important to look at, they have 49 quality games for the year. Now, I've talked about quality games before in the schedule show I did. That are, They are games that are on low-volume days in the NBA. 49 is below average. 51 is average in the NBA. So the Celtics don't have a great schedule in that regard. They have 15 back-to-backs, which is a league high. I guess the risk there is associated with Al Horford mainly. But the thing you have to look at, we're not just looking at guys who are going to routinely sit back-to-backs. And I don't even think Horford's going to sit every back-to-back. But it's more like if someone gets hurt, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, say they get hurt, and then they return, they will sit out back-to-backs on their return for however long it is. So that introduces a little bit more risk. So they've got a league-high back-to-backs. They've got a below-average quality game quota, which are two things that are not particularly great. And then their playoff schedule, also not particularly great. In a default Yahoo playoffs, they've got 10 games, 3-3-4, three, three, four, 4 in championship week, which is pretty good. If you use my recommended settings, which end on March the 20th, they've got only 9 games, which is 2 fewer than the best, which is 11 over that time frame, 3-3-3 three, three, three fantasy playoff schedule. So the overall schedule for the Celtics isn't particularly good. And I think that's something we do need to you know, pay some attention to. It's not going to be a huge determining factor. But when you're looking at guys that you're adding off a wave wire or if you're taking flyers on late picks, it can be an influence with high back-to-backs, low-quality games, and a bad playoff schedule. All those things tie into just say the Celtics schedule is far from ideal for this upcoming season. And I do think that that, um, that does deserve um, discussion when we, when we talk about this Celtics team, that they are at a somewhat of a disadvantage with their uh, with their schedule, and you can't just let that completely go to do, um, go to shit, or you can't completely be ignoring that through the course of the season. Now, this is something I like to, to the, what do I call it? Pressure points. That's what I call it. When we're looking at what can go wrong when projecting this Boston Celtics team out, so I think the number one thing we look at here is what happens with the guards. Josh Richardson came in, Dennis Schroeder came in. Peyton Pritchard is still there. How they run that mix. Now, I, as John said, I think that Marcus Smart is locked in to be the starting point guard. I'm pretty sure that Josh Richardson will start next to him. But they could decide to start Schroeder and Smart together. Those guys could start, and that impacts Smart's projection, ball handling opportunities down. Richardson's projection, it improves Schroeder's projection. 
All of that stuff is important. And then how all that runs with Peyton Pritchard, who played well in Summer League. Could he get minutes ahead of Schroeder? I don't really think so. But if Pritchard establishes himself as the sixth man, Schroeder's minutes are dropped down. Richardson gets impacted. Smart gets impacted as well. So there is a little bit of uncertainty with how all those guard rotation minutes go. And it is something that we do have to be careful of when considering this team. Then also, what happens at the center spot? I was thinking that Al Horford would be their starting center. John, on the Celtic show earlier today, said that he thinks Robert Williams is going to be the starting center, which is bloody fantastic. The Rock DJ is a starting center. I have no problem taking him inside the top 50. We'll talk about that later on as well. Um, but do they play together? Because there's no power forwards on this team. Jason Tatum will be their starting power forward, probably. And their other power forwards are Grant Williams and Jabari Parker. There's no good power forwards on this team. So will they go with Williams and Horford together? If they do, it bumps the ceiling of both of those guys up. I think it's a bad idea because we've seen Horford struggle a lot at, at um, playing as a power forward. Yeah, that's, that's an issue there, but that could actually improve both of their values if they play together. And then the other question I've got here, which ties into the first one, is how much point guard does Marcus Smart play? Because I think he's a far better player as a point guard. He's a far better fantasy contributor as a point guard. But if they say start him a point guard and then bring Schroeder on straight away and put Smart and take the ball out of his hands, then a lot of Smart's value disappears. At this point, I think he's going to be handling the ball a lot and getting some pretty good assist numbers, but that could change. As if they just bring you know, Smart to start, then three minutes in, Schroeder comes on. And we see Richardson move to the bench and then Schroeder's running things and Tatum's running things and Smart's just sitting there as a spot-up guy. Yeah, that, that impacts his value in a pretty significant way, which is, again, is something that is um, that, we, that we need to pay attention to from a fantasy perspective. And it is something that can go wrong if you are drafting uh, Marcus Smart in a, in a fantasy situation. If you are looking for a solution to hyperhidrosis, excessive sweating, I've got just the solution for you. It is Sweatblock, doctor-created and doctor-recommended. It's been tested also on the Rachel Ray Show with firefighters. And we know firefighters, notoriously sweaty blokes, Sweatblock can help reduce that problem. What it is, it's a wipe. And there's a bunch of other products in their range as well. But we're talking about the Sweatblock wipes here. You put it on, when you get home, wipe it under your arms. You're done with that. You go to bed, you have a sleep, you think about Dennis Schroeder and you think about Marcus Smart. You wake up the next morning, you have a shower, you go to work and you're good to go. For up to seven days, Sweatblock has you covered. It is stronger than most clinical antiperspirants as well. And now you can get it cheaper. Go to sweatblock.com and use our promo code locked on for 20% off your Sweatblock products. It's also available at Amazon. It's available at CVS, but you don't get that extra 20% discount if you're buying it there. So sweatblock.com, use the promo code locked on and save 20%. All right, let's talk about breakout players. I think that's a good good uh, good spot to go now. Um, breakout candidates is maybe more of a of the the term that I'm looking for here. I think we have to look at the Rock DJ Robbie Williams as the number one guy here. Even if he doesn't start, I think his minutes are going up from where they were. I don't think there's really huge amounts of debate about that. Williams on a per minute basis is probably a top ten fantasy player. If everyone's just reduced to permanent production, he's probably right up there with his blocks, with his field goals, rebounds, he can pass. Uh, there's, there's some issue with his free throws for sure. He doesn't go to the line very much. He's a very high, highly valued fantasy guy. And he could really establish himself this year. Now, last year it was hard because he was coming in as the third string center behind Tyson, behind Thompson. This year, he's going to be at worst the second center behind Horford. Might start over Horford. Cantor is at, at no risk, I don't believe to cutting into Williams' production. So to me, he does have breakout candidacy for this upcoming season. And he is a guy that 
we'll talk about it later in terms of fantasy sleepers across the sites. He's criminally, at this point, underranked. So he is going to be a big breakout opportunity player. I think Peyton Pritchard has some breakout candidacy. As I touched on earlier, how that all works with Schroeder, with Smart, with Richardson, with Neesmith as well. Where is Pritchard's role? At this point, you'd have to suggest that he is the fourth guard on this squad. He played like 19, 20 minutes a night last season. Pritchard played 19 minutes a night. He was the 281st ranked player in that time. He's shooting and assist to turnover in summer league was fantastic. Whether that can continue, I don't know. They do need his shooting. I think he can be a really good shooter. He was a good shooter last year as well. Um, but getting to that role, I guess, you're getting to that ex- that extended 27-minute-a-night role where he becomes fantasy relevant, it's really, really tough to see how that happens. Sure, he could get minutes ahead of Josh Richardson. Sure, he could push, a- push ahead of Dennis Schroeder. But he needs to do both of those things to become a really fantasy-relevant player. It can happen. Because if he develops into a reliable shooter, doesn't get killed on defense, and is a, a guy that's a secondary ball handler Marcus next to Marcus Smart, it's not uh, Smart, not Smart, Schroeder and Richardson aren't awesome. Like They're totally fine. And if someone who, even though they're younger, is outplaying them, then I don't think Emi Yudoka has any concerns with throwing big minutes in there. So he's a name to watch. I could have also thrown Aaron Neesmith into that mix, but I didn't, of course, because you saw that I didn't put him in there. But he's a name to watch. I think he's going to establish himself in the rotation as a regular part of things on a night-to-night basis. Him getting to a breakout area, I just don't think his fantasy game is particularly good. He's a good shooter, but I'm not sure what else he brings in. That's probably why, I, well, not probably, that is exactly why I didn't have him in that mix to be a uh, to be a breakout candidate for this year. Let's look at fantasy sleepers now. Um, I think that's you know what so many of you always always want to know about um, is fantasy sleepers. So we looked across Yahoo, who have got their initial ranks out. We looked at ESPN, who have got their initial ranks out. If you are watching this video, I'm recording this on August the 26th. If you are watching this on October the 4th, know that things will have changed. And by then, I would have done multiple updates to my Yahoo sleepers, ESPN sleepers, Fantrax sleepers, and busts across all those sites as well. There would have been multiple of those shows by then if you are resurfacing this. But at this time, when this is released, there are a bunch of sleepers. Robert Williams is ranked 100 on Yahoo. Jack Armstrong, where's where's your button? Get that garbage out of here! Yeah, kids. Cover your ears. It's fucking ridiculous. Like, there is no way he's getting drafted in that spot in competitive leagues. But if he's sliding, like, again, I think 50 is the right range for Rob Williams. Higher than 50, potentially. But he comes in at 100 on Yahoo, 119 on ESPN, 159 on Fantrax. Now, Fantrax is weird because they don't have any season projections up. But if you are doing a draft there and you need to sort by your draft board, you need to go all the way down to 159. That's why I'm including these numbers because in pre-ranks, that's where he sits. So there's value here. This is a guy that I would not let get out of the sixth round. That's 72 picks in a 12-man league. To me, he is, again, look, there is bust potential. Maybe he plays 17 minutes a night. I really don't think that happens. But even in 18 minutes a night, Rob Williams was, let's see, where was he last year? He played 19 minutes a night. He was the 82nd ranked player, right? So taking him around six, to me, is the absolute minimum. That number is ludicrous. Marcus Smart at 104, I think he's pretty pretty ridiculous as well. He'll play good minutes. He'll get good assists. He's a good free throw shooter. I think his field goal percentage and blocks and steals all have the potential to go up this year. 
I'm really big on Smart. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be... I think he could be a top 50 player. I would not draft him now. I think more realistically, we're looking at 70 to 90 type range. But that's a good couple of rounds value from where that Yahoo ADP sits or Yahoo ranks sits. As I said, Rob Williams on ESPN and Fantrax is also a standout. Marcus Smart's 111 on Fantrax. I think there's really good value there. And while I'm not massive on Al Horford this year, because he will sit some games, the fact that he is ranked at the moment on Fantrax at 248, which is due to the fact that he sat out the last part of last season. So their rankings, I think, are based on total value. And I'm not even 100% sure how they're doing their values, to be honest. But if you, you need to scroll down to find Al Horford. And he is no problem with a late round pick. If you've taken a lot of flyer, risky upside picks early on, getting him at 120, 130, when he could easily be top 100 on a per game basis, I think is really good value. And the fact that you have to scroll down that far on fan tracks to find him is something that not everyone will do. He's a name that sometimes flies out of people's minds and um, their their thought process um, just because of his Al Horford. He's on a new team and we forget and we, we associate with him you know, being injured or sitting games or all that sort of stuff, which isn't just it's not going to happen. The Celtics are not going to sit him for the second half of the year. Yes, he'll miss some time. He'll have limited minutes. He might come off the bench. He might play 22 minutes. Regardless, I think taking him at the end of a draft is absolutely fine. And that ranking on Fantrax is pretty uh, is pretty silly at this point to have him in uh, have him in that area. Let's go to the other side of the equation now. Fantasy busts. Um, again, not to say that these players are bad players, but it's when you look at where their value sits is what, what my issue is. On Yahoo, Dennis Schroeder is, uh, has a rank of 90 at this point. That is assuming that he plays like 30, 31 minutes, and he has a similar usage to what he did with the Lakers, and I just don't think that's going to be the case. They brought him in. He's a, he's a big help to this team on the size of that contract in a backup role. But I, I, I really don't think that that is investing in him at absolute best-case scenario for me, for Schroeder, and I don't know why you would do it. I am not 100% convinced he's even going to be a top 150 player this year. He probably will be, but I'm not convinced that he'll be a top 150 player this season. So at 90, I just don't see why would we we would be doing that. ESPN also has him too high at 64. Huh? That's insanity. There's no no under no circumstance do you touch Dennis Schroeder at 64. And then on Fantrax, Schroeder is at 70. Nah, man. Nah. No, not, not interested at all. Enes Kanter's name appears on this list twice. On Yahoo, he's at 112. Guys, he probably doesn't play every night. 112 is expecting him to play 21 minutes a night every single night, and I just don't think that's feasible. And then on Fantrax, he's 116 as well. Some real insanity to me to be picking him in that area. I just have no interest in it. Again, I don't think he's an every night player. If he does, he might play 16, 17 minutes. He's not going to be a guy that's a 10th round guy. In, in my opinion. And then uh, this is, again, it's one of those ones where I don't, I don't hate the guy. I'll, I like him as a player. But Jalen Brown. JB, you've done it again. On fan tracks, he's ranked at 18. Now, I like Jalen Brown a lot. Um, I, I don't think that taking him at 18 is very, very smart at all. He was the 32nd ranked player last year. No reason he can't be in that same zone or maybe push into the top 30. But at 18, I just I don't see the point of it. What are we expecting him to get significantly better at this year? You know, he already improved his percentages last year. Are we expecting just you know, a huge bump in assists or defensive numbers or rebounds or scoring? I'm not really sure what would necessitate me going into the top 20 
to take Jalen Brown. Maybe it works out, but again, even if it does work out, is that absolute best case scenario? I would have to say yes for Jalen Brown, and that's yeah makes it makes it a tough sell for me to go get him at that point. It's not a tough sell for me to sell Built Bar because they are the best tasting protein bars ever. Built Bar is absolutely delicious. They taste like a candy bar. Do you know what your favorite flavor is? If you don't, you need to get on Built Bar. Mine is cookies and cream. I also like the coconut. I like the raspberry. There's a new strawberry. There's a mint. All of those are great. And if you don't know your favorite flavor, get a mix box. All nine flavors, two of each in an 18-bar box. And not only are they delicious, they are good for you. 130 to 180 calories per bar. We are talking 17 to 18 grams of protein, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. So go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and order yourself a box of Built Bars. You get 15% off if you use that code LOCKED15. So go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. It is almost that time of year. The NFL and college football are ready to return. And the number one place for you to put all of your sports betting action on football is at betonline.ag. You can get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at BetOnline. Head to that website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive a 100% welcome bonus and be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the season opener in the NFL, Thursday, September 9th, the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, you'll get refunded up to $25 on your bet for new customers only when you sign up using the code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, football, basketball, boxing, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline are your online sportsbook experts. Okay, Um, let's go on to the next thing we're going to talk about, and that is deep league flyers. Now, this is a deep deep league players we can look at or guys that we can look at with a last pick in a standard draft just to see if something happens. I've got Aaron Neesmith here, who, again, shot really well in summer league, very impressed with his shooting. I think that he's a guy that's got a little bit of value. He's, you know, Yahoo rank at the moment is 379 and ESPN's at 301. I think he can beat that. And I think there's real top 200 upside in Neesmith. It would require him you know, getting a lot of these, because at the moment he's the fifth guard or he's just the backup three on this squad as well, because we expect Pritchard and Schroeder to be the backup guards. And then Neesmith's the backup three behind Jalen Brown. They don't really have any good power forwards either. So that gives him some extra minutes. And as a three-point streamer, he could hit two, two and a half threes really easily. And if Richardson falters and Neesmith takes a step up, two things that are very distinctly in the realms of possibility, then as a last-round guy, you could consider it. Now, I don't love it as a last-round pick. I think there are better ones out there. But in deeper leagues, he's a guy you can search for. And I think he's going to have an every-night rotation role. And if that rotation role pushed to 21 minutes a night, I would not be surprised whatsoever. The other guy who's not as much a deeper league guy, but is more of a standard league last round pick is Josh Richardson. He has had like top 50 seasons in the past. Now he is a long way removed from that. His shooting has been way off in Philadelphia and in Dallas. And he was out of the rotation in Dallas in the playoffs, which was pretty staggering. He used to be a guy that got a ton of steals. He handled the ball, got assists, he blocked shots and he hit threes. And a lot of that stuff has fallen away. Ime Yadoka did coach him in Philadelphia as an assistant. 
He believes in Richardson as a defender, and he believes that Richardson's a better shooter. And if Richardson gets back to Miami Richardson, he'll play 31 a night. He might average 14 points with 1.6 steals, with one block per game, with two threes on 37%, and three assists. Like All of that stuff is possible. So if we're going to talk guys who probably have a higher chance of cracking into value in a standard league, I think we have to look at, out of Richardson and Neesmith, I, I think we have to look at, uh, at Joshy there as that option because he's got a track record of doing it. And if things come together, he's in a favorable environment. If the team uses him, the coaches like him, yeah, he can get back to that level. I wouldn't say I feel good about it. And I wouldn't say that I'm going to rank him as a top 100 player, far from it. But yeah, at a 167 Yahoo rank, a 180 ESPN rank, yeah, you can get him with a last pick. And the top 110, top 100, top 90, They're not outrageous expectations for Richardson. So I do think that that's a pretty nice situation for him. Now, let's talk about the rest of this Celtics roster. I haven't really spoken about Jason Tatum so far. He's a guaranteed first-round guy to me. He stands out. Now, could have had this as a sleeper. His Yahoo rank is 16th. Ridiculous. At the very worst, he goes at 12. Very worst. ESPN's got him at eight, which I think is bang on. I think Vantrax has him at something silly like four or five. But yeah, I don't hate that. To me, when we're looking at the first round, where we're going with, obviously, Steph. We're going with Harden. We're going with Jokic. We're going with Lillard. And then you go, you got your Durant in there. Embiid in there. Where do they sit with their injuries? Bradley Beal's in that mix. I think Tatum, to me, is a guy that we're looking at in that top 10 range, possibly possibly higher. Yeah, and having him at eight on ESPN, I don't really... Oh, Towns is the other ones in that mix as well. Um, Giannis and Doncic move in there with, with their punt builds. But you know, if you're taking Tatum ahead of Doncic, no problems at all. If you're taking Tatum ahead of Embiid, no problems. Taking Tatum ahead of Beal, no problems. Again, we can talk about, you know, these guys will get injured. Embiid will get injured and Durant will rest. And the likelihood of that is there, but we can't, we can't assuredly say that Tatum won't get hurt. They won't routinely rest him, but we can't guarantee that he doesn't get hurt. Remember that. That past injury performance does not protect against future injuries. That is something that, you, that gets, I think, misquoted or, or mis-evaluated mis, um, in fantasy stuff a lot. Oh, look at him. He played all these games last year. You know what that means for this year? Literally nothing. Like it does, it does not. Well, you played a lot of games last year, therefore your hand won't break, or your ankle won't roll, or your ACL won't tear, or you won't get a concussion, or you won't strain your back, or you won't bang your hip out. Like none of that protects you against that. With guys like Durant coming off serious injuries, with Embiid with knee problems and back problems, you go, well, they're going to be cautious with those guys, and and that's fair enough, right? We understand that there is going to be a risk, but. Durant played back-to-backs last year. Played 40 minutes a night in the playoffs. Embiid played back-to-backs last year. They're not just going to sit every single back-to-back and have limited minutes all season. It's not going to happen. If they get hurt, they'll be extra cautious, and that is an element of risk. But it doesn't mean that Tatum is going to be a clean sailing, play 80 games, and play 35 every night. That does not protect him from getting hurt. Now, again, in saying that, taking him in the top eight, I've got no worries with Tatum there. There's a lot of value. And then we get to a lot of these bench guys. Jabari Parker, Grant Williams... Sure, Williams is a guy that I, that I do like, but someone needs to go on this Celtics roster. They've got 16 contracts. 
I think it's going to come to Jabari Parker or Carson Edwards as to who gets waived. And the only reason that I would say that Parker stays, well, first of all, his contract guaranteed a day ago, so that's not non-guaranteed anymore. And they have no power forwards. They've got plenty of guards. Edwards is behind Smart, Schroeder, Richardson, Pritchard, Neesmith, Langford, and there's Chris Dunn there. Now, there could be trades and all that sort of stuff. So I think Edwards is at risk of going. Um, Parker and Williams, they might be the 10th man in the rotation. We spoke about that with John on the earlier show. They're not going to have large roles. But if Tatum does go down, I don't know who the hell starts. Probably Grant, maybe Jabari. And Jabari is a guy that's going to get big usage if he does have to be pushed into a role. And he can have fantasy usefulness. So just keep an eye on that. Chris Dunn, look, absolutely rooted last season with his ankle. And again, we try to find where a role can exist. Schroeder, Richardson, Smart, Pritchard, Neesmith. Is he the sixth guard? Seventh? I don't think he's, he's a solid wing defender, but he's not good enough to have the ball in his hands. He's a horrendous shooter, bad offensive player. And the same could be said for Romeo Langford. Romeo Langford is just worse Chris Dunn. I was not a fan of that pick at the time of the draft. Nothing he has done in the NBA has made me think that he can develop into a starter. He's a long way from being a rotation player. He can defend, sure, but not a good... Um, offensive guy at all, not a good passer, not a good shooter, just a lot of struggles. Now, he is a guy that maybe you watch. It's his third year. He's healthy. Maybe things can happen. There is a long way to, to go there. Bruno Fernando uh, came across in the trade that got rid of Tristan Thompson. He's going to be the fourth center behind Cantor Williams and Horford. He's shown flashes at times with the Hawks, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not really convinced. I was sort of in on him as a rookie, but he's really, really struggled defensively. He's got some stretch big potential, but nothing that we get excited about. And then their two-way guy is Sam Hauser, who's going to bomb threes. And yeah, he's one of those guys that's, again, miles, miles down the pecking order. But if he has... Oh, sorry, try again. If he's forced into a role because Schroeder, Richardson, Pritchard, and Neesmith all get hurt, and then Hauser's playing 20 minutes a night for a weak stretch of games, he could hit two threes. He could average eight points with two threes per game really easily. So just a, a name to watch who I think is not going to be a great option by any means, but someone who's got at least a discernible a discernible NBA skill, and that is his um, that is his shooting. Guys, that'll do it for us today, I think. I think that's, that'll do us because that, that's us touching on every player on this, um, on this Celtics squad. We've touched on all these guys. Pair this with my show earlier with John talking about the Celtics and um, from a real-life perspective and from a local perspective as to how we view them and what the rotation decisions could be. And I think you get a full overview of what this squad will look like. Don't forget, follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. But if you're here on YouTube, give me a thumb up. Ring my notification bell. Leave comments down below. Check out the playlist for the season previews. There's going to be tons of stuff coming over the coming weeks. So much stuff. Hey, mock draft next week as well. Be ready for that. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.